Ladies and gentlemen. Pacific Down Sound Radio. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson. And I'm Travis Noel. Thank you for joining us on this seasonably rainy afternoon here at the Save on Meats restaurant in Vancouver, BC, Canada. Jordan Klassen is a multi-instrumentalist singer-songwriter who, over the course of his decade-long career, has toured throughout Canada, the USA, Australia, and Europe, and has opened for the likes of Silver Sun Pickups, Husky, Lindy Ortega, and Rye. Jordan has established a cinematic and sonically versatile sound, shifting between distinctly different moods over his discography, with his latest and currently untitled new record set for release in early 2020. And we have Jordan Klassen here in the studio with us. How's it going, Jordan? Hey, I'm great. How are you? Not too bad. Um, so I read that prior to pursuing your career as a solo artist, you played in a couple local rock bands. Uh, what were some takeaways from your time playing with these bands, and what ultimately made you decide to start releasing and performing your own music? Um, well, I think my takeaway, one of my takeaways was to just kind of develop um, my kind of identity as a performer. Um, and to develop a love for performance and, um, yeah, I guess just get really comfortable on the stage. I think those were kind of, it was kind of like training time, especially live. And then just writing, I wrote so much at that time. And I think I, I probably wrote like a few hundred songs. And I think that kind of helped me to get to a place where I was ready to actually write something decent. So, yeah. Cool. And with those bands, were you, uh, a front person or were you a guitarist or yeah i was a i think they it's a three piece it was always a three piece with me in in the lead kind of gotcha yeah with guitar i was on electric guitar they're kind of like indie rock bands okay yeah any that any of our listeners would recognize or probably not i mean we were we were pretty we were pretty local uh, and actually based in Fraser valley so played in vancouver sometimes but we were i think we were called the the big one the bigger one was called Subrosa. Oh, yeah, uh, oh, I might be thinking of a completely different band called Subrosa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I think it, there's a metal band called Subrosa. So oh, I might nice. Be thinking of them. I believe it. Yeah, it's a it's a cool name, but unfortunately, a lot of bands have realized it's a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's always the the challenge. We had um uh we had Stevie Moonboots on. Uh, on a previous uh, previous interview, and we were talking about how there's a few different bands called Melt. Like, that one yeah. word's been stolen <laughs> or taken a few times. Yeah, I think that one has some more kind of, like, metal implications, though. You know, melting faces kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, there's a local band called Melt, but oh, yeah. they sound like, yeah, My Mar- my Morning Jacket. Oh, interesting. Tame Impala sort of thing. So oh, huh. Very much not metal. Right, huh. Yeah. So... As an ins- multi-instrumentalist, you write and record most of your own music by yourself. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on collaborating with other songwriters? Is this something that's that you're open to, or is it you largely like to keep things in-house? Um, I feel like um, my project I'm pretty protective over, but I have slowly gotten more into the world of collaboration. Um, 
especially since I, I just do a lot of writing for um, like sync and um, which is which basically means writing for like film and television to have your music pitch and film and television um, and so those are always collaborative um, and so I've got, I've written a lot with people and so more and more I'm collaborating with people but I think there are certain things like lyrics that to me I I don't know I, I'm I'm less interested actually in having a song that just has like kind of standalone good lyrics as I am about having something that I feel like is really honest to my experience and so with lyrics uh I'm pretty possessive usually and usually write them all myself well like especially writing a love song where you're like well I want this to be about somebody that I have some sort of connection to as opposed to you broke up with me and I'm sad yeah exactly or even just like you know when you're writing with people there'll be a lot of talk of just like what's kind of universal and what what you know what are a lot of people going to be connected to what kind of language and I, I like that in, in certain contexts, but when it comes to my project, I kind of want to be like, no, it's very specific to me, and uh, it's not just kind of like an attempt to write like a universally good song. It's actually like a page from my diary a little bit. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of, and this is a songwriter I've referenced on the show way too many times. If we had a drinking game for listening, uh, you'd be you'd be plastered if you were listening to this uh, multiple episodes in a row, but... Father John Misty, I feel, is a good example of that mm-hmm, in that, mm-hmm. like, his lyrics are very personal. Yeah. And that's kind of part of the appeal. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And, like, and also amazing. And I, I feel like the funny thing is that they have universal appeal, even though they are very specific and unique to him, to Josh Tillman. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Please Don't Die from his latest record, God's Favorite Customer, is a good example, where it's about his wife going, being very concerned about him and his state when he was on the road, mm. but it also being kind of this like, hey, I don't want you to pass away because I'd be very upset. Right. Yeah, sure. And yeah. everyone can identify with that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've gone on the record to express your, shall we say, complicated relationship with the singer-songwriter title, which mm. has been mm-hmm. used to describe you as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you addressed your thoughts on this term in your music? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that, I think I'm more at peace with it now than I used to be. Um, but I, hmm, I think that there's, there's a part of me that always wants to make sure that it's not just like me and acoustic guitar and singing sad, sad boy, white guy lyrics, you know, like I have, there's always a part of me that's kind of wants to shake it up a little bit and I'll even ask just like if a band did this like would it work um just to avoid that kind of like monotonous like relentless kind of singer songwriter I don't know whine you know um but at the same time I, I have realized more and more that it's not such a bad title like a lot of artists I love were singer songwriters and say that like Paul McCartney is a, is a singer songwriter and um, and there's something special, I think, about seeing somebody perform the songs that they wrote and sing it themselves, you know? There's something really personal about that. And so I'm owning it a little bit more now. I mean, also, another thing that happened was that folk became very uncool in the last five years. And so... Comes could, in waves. Yeah. So I couldn't really say any... Or I didn't really want to say anymore that I'm a folk musician, which is something I, I've always said. And so I almost feel more comfortable with singer-songwriter now. This is all very kind of shallow. I can't believe I'm saying this, but yeah, that's that's kind of been my thought process lately. 
See, it's it, it's funny that uh, the singer songwriter and folk seems to be like interchangeable terms, even though there's so many singer songwriters that are very clearly not folk. And I wouldn't brand you as a folk artist, especially considering the instrumentation you use in your on your records. No, oh, thank you. That yeah, I like that. I mean, I think you know, like I I, I really like like Su- someone like Sufjan Stevens, and that's kind of was was labeled as folk very early on, even though again, it's not really. Um, but I think he borrows from elements. There are certain sounds that your brain just goes, oh, that's folk, you know, like fingerpick guitar. It's hard not to kind of bring you to some kind of folk world or like a banjo. Banjo, even. yeah. Banjo just screams bluegrass or folk. Yeah, yeah, right. Or country. Right. Um, fit, like a solo solo violins, fiddle. Um, but, yeah, well, that's good to hear. They, I like that you don't see me as folk. <laughs> Especially not javelin. I find that record, like I hear... Some Afrobeat stuff mm-hmm. on it, like mm-hmm. a little bit of a little bit of Graceland from by Paul Simon in yeah. there. So that's great. That's what I was going for. Yeah. Speaking of your albums, uh, your currently untitled new record is set for release in early 2020. Mm-hmm. How do you keep songwriting fresh and exciting for yourself? Uh, what do you do to th- mix things up? I ask this because this is your fifth or sixth record at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, man, I. What do I do to... I mean, in some ways, I've just become very comfortable with my process, which is a feat in and of itself, I think, as a songwriter. It's it's hard to figure out what how you write and how you write best. And so there are things that I do that I always do. But as far as, like, shaking it up and kind of, um, kind of casting some new perspective, um, I think that, like, uh, I've been trying to write on piano more, different instrument. That's kind of a classic, a classic trick. Um, I've been... Um, trying to think more about my lyrics bef- when I'm writing music or maybe like writing songs to a title that I like um, and thinking how does this musically work with this title um, or maybe the concept I want to write lyrically um, whereas before I would just always just write tunes and then just throw lyrics on top um, so that's some ways this uh, but nothing like too exciting it's I think in the end it all just comes down to Figure, yeah, figuring out your process and then doing it and actually doing the work because eventually it gets really hard to just keep, try, keep it's not always fun, you know, sometimes you have to push through and so um, doing the work is the most important thing, yeah. Yeah, that's, a, I'm not sure who said that, but that kind of sound reminds me of a, I might have been, no, well, Hemingway said, you know, write first, edit later, but I think the, the core idea that he was saying and I've heard other other writers say is just write and write and write and then sift through whatever you've got uh that the best way to work through like writer's block or any of that is just to keep hammering away at it yeah totally i heard this i can't remember who said it but it was asked like i think it was actually like a writer like a novelist and just asked um how do you find inspiration inspiration he said well every day i just show up at my studio and it just happens to be there at 9 a.m you know like so but I think that if you don't show up and kind of, you know, get your ass in the seat, um, it's not going to ever come. And so, yeah, I totally agree with that. Just I, I am almost in this in this mode right now, just like quantity over quality. Mm-hmm. Just like make lots of stuff and you'll eventually make some really good stuff instead of always waiting for the one thing you make like once every six months to be amazing. You know, that that that's just not you're not just going to make a lot of art that way. Yeah. 
And kind of speaking to that, I mean, your past two records, Big Intruder and Javelin, were written and recorded in very isolated conditions. Mm-hmm. Are you working on this record in isolation like these previous releases? Mm. Um, no, this was actually more collaborative. I um, I went um, worked with a guy who made my, made my first kind of label record, which was called Repentance. And uh, he, uh, I went back with him and... Uh, it was very like a very collaborative production process, which is the first time I've done that. In a, yeah, in a long time, like you say. Um, and had some of my friends come in and play and sing. I'm still not like a hundred. I'm not like you know writing fifty fifty songs with people yet. But just to have other people there, I, I'm starting to value. I think when you when you do it for long enough, you start to see your own kind of repetition and your own patterns. And so it'll be like, oh yeah, of course I would write that chord you know like that's so Jordan Clawson or something and you kind of get annoyed with yourself and so I think having other people around to kind of throw their flavor in just makes it so much more exciting and fun and I'm just so much more satisfied with the songs even just yeah me as an individual I'm just happier with having elements in it that I wouldn't necessarily do myself you know your records revolve around certain themes. Uh, your previous LP, Big Intruder, specifically tackled themes like growing up, adulthood, and commitment. What are some of the subjects you're looking to delve into on your next album? Mm-hmm. Or have been delving yeah. into, because I know you've probably got some songs in the can at this point. Yeah, I mean, the record's actually done. Oh, there you um, go. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think the record is, is a, for me, <laughs> I mean, I guess that a lot of my songs have to do with growing up. Um, and being challenged as a, yeah, finding challenge. Uh, but this is really about, uh, maybe almost like what I think has been like a weird thirties crisis for me of like, um, you know, having built an identity in my 19 or having built an identity in my twenties. And then in your thirties, you realize that, oh, you, you are kind of grown up and maybe you're not like inclined to cool or, you're not inclined to be relevant just because you exist, you know? And um, so a lot of it is, uh, the record is about um, wrestling with relevance and being, and and almost feeling like this identity that you built in your 20s is kind of slipping through your fingers and you're like, well, I still need to like, I still want to have a family and I still want to have a career and I still want to do all these kind of practical grown-up things um, and feeling almost like you are kind of losing the identity that you built in your 20s or something um and and i think in that in that way too the record well i mean it's not actually even announced or anything yet but it's called tell me what to do and it's the idea is really a lot about um just uh feeling like kind of lost um in in a very busy world and just wanting people to just kind of tell you what's true um yeah Look, yeah, I guess looking for some truth. Yeah, yeah I have to say that's a it's a very um, poignant title. Yeah, because uh, I I mean I I turned twenty eight in August, mm. and uh, I've kind of been wrestling with similar set of feelings because I've kind of been bouncing around to different jobs throughout my twenties, and obviously I've been playing music and doing this show, but it's kind of like yeah, can someone just give me the, the the cheat codes so I can get to where I want to be. Yeah, exactly. With my life. Exactly. And also like what if you like you spend all your 20s like chasing some dream and you're like actually 
that's not really going to work, <laughs> you know, and you have to give it up. And then you're like kind of starting from scratch, but you feel like I'm too old to do this. Like my, my dad was, I, my dad had like a six year old when he was my age. You know? Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just kind of, I think it's about more. Yeah. It's about being an adult, being a real adult instead of a, a the pretend twenties kind of adult. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's why I, I, yeah, I feel when you when you turn the big three zero, that's when our society kind of is like, all right, yeah. put your shoes on. Yeah, totally. Pull up your bootstraps. Totally. <laughs> um, now we've got we've got the title, excellent mm-hmm. title. When and we you've already dropped uh, a couple of singles uh, over the past few months. Mm-hmm. When can fans expect to hear uh, the new record, or at the very least, your next single in promotion of it? Uh, I think that we'll probably put out another single in November. Um, and yeah, we're, I'm really hoping that it will be out in January. The whole record will be out in January or February. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I, it's, you know, in this industry, you spend a lot of time sitting on your work, um, which is uh, just the nature of it, but I'd like to see it get out there as soon as possible. So yeah, I'm hoping for a winter release. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So your next Canadian tour kicks off uh, in just a few days on October 24th mm-hmm. in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. What cities are you look for, looking forward to playing the most? Oh, good question. I mean, I'm really looking forward to the hometown show, honestly, to Vancouver on the November 23rd, uh, because I just uh, love that. I love when you go to shows and everybody, I mean, more or less, like, you know a lot of people there, and it kind of feels like a family event, you know, and people sing the songs and... It's a, like a family reunion, which I think it will, the Vancouver show will be like that. And um, But also, like, I'm playing in New York at, um, I believe, at the Rockwood, which is going to be really cool. I really love New York. Um, I am playing at the Black Sheep in Wakefield, which is, like, a kind of a very iconic Canadian venue close to um, Ottawa. Oh yeah, Wakefield, Ontario. I was just thinking of. I was thinking of a completely different Wakefield. I believe in either California or Connecticut. I mean, oh, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, yeah. It's actually just across the border in Quebec, so it's like a half hour drive just um, like from Gatineau. So it's Wakefield, oh, okay. Quebec. Yeah. So almost in that Rideau sort of area. Yeah, exactly. And that's a really cool spot because there's there's a lot of like CBC listeners, I think, and Ottawa is a CBC town, and I sometimes CBC gives me love, and so people come to those shows yeah i it's funny because i was obviously you know delving deep into the music that you've released so far and mm-hmm. some of the stuff is like i've heard this before mm. and then i think it was like oh yeah it's cbc yeah it's yeah. like i don't have a car right now but whenever i would if i wasn't listening to a cd or something on my phone i'd have like radio three on yeah and right uh, yeah they've been very kind to me over the years mm-hmm. <laughs> you and jasper sloan yep especially I think yeah are like are prime for that CBC love, which is a, uh, you know, a great organization to get appreciation from. Totally. Does just uh, is Jasper, or how do you have you guys interviewed Jasper? Yeah, we've had him on the show. We actually yeah. uh, had him. We did our first year anniversary show, uh, and Jasper Sloan Yip was on the bill. Oh, cool! And he also was a DJ too in another radio station, I think. Uh, I believe he's the SFU. pro. Yeah. I, oh, well, I, no, actually, I think he's the program director for um, CITR. I might be wrong, though, oh. but I think that's what he might be doing right now. Nice. Yeah, great guy. He actually shared my studio with me for, for a few months a while back there. He's an awesome guy. Yeah, you guys should play a show together at some point. Oh, man, you know, I would love that. Yeah. 
fit together quite well. Totally. Yeah. So um, what else do you have planned for the hometown show on November 23rd? Um, I think, uh, well, my friend Mike Adele is going to be playing. He's a singer-songwriter from Victoria, even though I think he lives in Seattle now. Um, and we're old pals. I think like one of my, I think like my second or third tour that I ever did, I did with him. Um, he's a great guy. He writes great songs. We've been writing together a bunch lately. And so that'll be great. He's, I, I feel very honored that he's opening for me, honestly. Um, and then another band from Vancouver called Porto, who are like really, really talented. And, uh, I think they're a couple, I've met them a couple of times, um, yeah, and they're awesome. They're it's it's like kind of moody, indie, indie singer songwriter also, <laughs> but maybe I think theirs is a little bit more moody than me. Yeah, we've had them on the on the show. It's definitely uh, get a, get some very strong Enya vibes. Yeah, yeah, the music, which is not not a bad thing at all. No. In comparison to Enya, means you're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, that uh, Enya actually is who I wrote the whole Javelin record. I was listening to Enya the whole time. I, I love Enya. <laughs> I love how her music is so, I think part of it is just the vocal effects, but like her music is so dense and she writes everything herself that it she l- does not like touring and cannot perform any of it live. Right. Because I can imagine she's probably like a real stickler for having the parts like perform properly. And like, how can you, some of those songs, she's like layers her vocals like 300 times. Like, how can you, you can't do that live. Oh, like only time. Yeah. Like, it just, that's just insane like how many layers i can't i did it has to be like at least 10 10 tracks yeah. 10 vocal tracks on top of one another yeah totally at least yeah i've, I've actually heard that she's done like two or three hundred. Oh my oh my god <laughs> people talk about autotune and voice manipulation and there's enya enya's a whole different story totally and pro and i mean i'm imagining she's singing it immaculately i have a very kind of idolized view of enya though she's probably singing every layer like immaculately while like I playing don't know, a harp like, or playing, something yeah playing a harp and like eating grapes or i don't know <laughs> somehow singing perfectly while with grapes in yeah mouth. exactly <laughs> well uh i wish we had a little bit more time jordan but we'll probably have you on the on the show in the in the future um how can listeners check out your music and keep up with everything you're up to yeah, uh, if you go to jordanclausenmusic.com, there's uh, links to all my socials and my buying stuff. And then, yeah, I think um, my Instagram slash jordanclausen and my Twitter slash jordanclausen. Yeah, all the socials. I'm a pretty easy find, I think. I think I'm the only singer-songwriter called Jordan Clausen, so Which always helps. Yeah, totally. I'm, yeah. My, I'm not called Melt. So that, yeah yeah <laughs> definitely not all right well thank you so much jordan okay thanks and thanks for yeah thanks for listening we're your hosts james olson and travis noel pacific sound radio is produced by Jaden phrase travis how can people check out what we're doing you can check us out on facebook pacific sound radio as well as our instagram at pacific sound radio twitter at pacific s radio youtube pacific sound media as well as our website pacific if you know a local band or artist that you think should appear as guests on our show let us know fill out the form on our website or send us an email to talkpsr at gmail.com Calm. 